Every business wants good customer reviews. Every customer wants a good experience. So what happens when both sides click? Or in some cases, when they don't? From Yelp and Entrepreneur Media, this is Behind the Review. Emily Washkovic, Yelp small business expert. Every episode, I pick one review on Yelp and talk to the entrepreneur and the reviewer about the story and business lessons behind their interaction. This week, we're doing things a little differently. I wanted to try a conversation with a consumer and business owner together. For my trial run, I thought it best to bring in an expert. Queen's community manager, Samantha, told me about Rudy's Bakery a few months ago, and I immediately wanted to have them on the show. Knowing that Samantha both knew the owner and the business, I thought they'd be the perfect fit. Let's give our conversation a listen. So I'm Samantha C. I am the community manager for all of Queens. I'm actually from Ozone Park. So this is a community that's near and dear to my heart. A friend of mine, we were in the area and she brought me to Rudy's and introduced me to Tony and the rest is history. When you're first approaching the business, we're in a quintessential part of Queens. The cross streets are Seneca and Myrtle and everybody knows Myrtle Avenue. If you live in Queens, everybody knows Myrtle Avenue and and pretty much Seneca. But Rudy's has, has a warm feeling outside now with things being a bit different. There's an outside portion of the cafe and it's just a welcome. I mean, it's it's a bakery. Who's not excited to walk up to a bakery and get something sweet? Old-fashioned bakery. Love it's that distinction. Tony, yeah. you tell me in your own words, what is your bakery? What type of bakery? What do you offer? What makes you guys special? And how long have you been around? My name is Tony, and I'm the owner of Rudy's. And actually, yesterday was my anniversary. 41 years into this bakery, what is Rudy's? When we first walked in here 41 years ago, my uncle and I, we were looking for a type of bakery that we wanted to make it a home. We didn't want this commercial bakery. So we left another area that we had another bakery and we came into Roy's. When we opened here, we just fell in love. The atmosphere it was something that we were looking for. So when we bought it, I wanted to keep it the same. Of course, through the years, through the years, a lot of things have changed. But I always say true to myself. And I say true to the bakery, where the bakery is all about. I mean, I took over a bakery that it was 15 some odd years old. And I said, I can't make this new thing happen. I have to keep going. So when you walk into Ruby's, my goal is to make everybody feel at home. It doesn't matter who it is that walks through my door. I welcome everybody by means, knowing what they want. If I don't remember their name, I'll remember what they book. I'll remember what they have, what they want. Every day of the week, I try to make things known and who's coming into the bakery on a Monday and what would they look for and who's going to walk into the bakery on Friday and what are they going to look for. I try to make this bakery not to be commercial, to do seasonal. So you walk into my bakery today, you're not going to find a pecan pie or a pumpkin pie. You're going to find a fruit tart or a fruit, some kind of fruit. And basically, I mean, I want people to feel comfortable sitting in here and say, wow, this is a really true bakery. So for me, when you call me an old bakery, an old establishment, I love it. I love it. You know, that's my goal. I don't want this to be ever. I want like this new modern 
bakery. You know, like I still have an old fashioned register. I still do my math on a piece of paper. I don't want to change that. 41 years in business. That's amazing. So 41 years, that really means you've probably known generations of your customers. Can you tell me about that and tell me about how that helps your business? I just had my fourth decade. So I have people here coming in that I knew their grandparents. Like some of the people come in here and they'll tell me, you know, my grandparents used to come to Rudy and they'll have this conversation with me. And by the end of the conversation, I'll be like, did they just move to upstate? Did they just move to Texas? And they'll be like, yes. Like they, a lot of people think I'm this weirdo because I remember everything about them. And it's incredible. I don't do this for the money. I don't, I do this because it's in my blood. I mean, I just love to make everybody happy. Just, that's me. So I get these little kids and I'll say like, you know, my grandparents came here, my mom came here, this one came here. And the only weird thing about when I have to tell them that I knew their grandparents, because they start counting the years, they'll be like, you know, she's got to be this age to know my grandmother. You know, I get people looking and they're like, are you a grandmother yet? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I have to tell you, when you said 41 years, I thought, no way. She had to have started the business when she was 11 then. <laughs> My follow-up to the long-term business owner and, and being a bakery is about the recipes and the things that you're serving. I would imagine that some of these recipes go way back and you've been maybe sourcing ingredients from different places over time. Maybe it's changed. Talk to me about the food quality and why that's important to you and maybe how that's withheld all these years? My recipes are old. My recipes are like 80 years old. I mean, the bakery is going to be 90 years old. They opened up the bakery in 1932, but they actually registered in 1934. So I tease everybody. I said, I'm going to be celebrating from 2022 to 2024 because I don't know if I should celebrate when they opened it or when they registered because back then you could have been in business for years and didn't need to be registered. Today, you need to register before you open. So for two years, we're going to be celebrating our 90th anniversary. So most of my recipes are 90 years old and more because when we took over, we bought some of the recipe with us. Because back then when you bought a business, you bought the business with a recipe. So when, the reason why we kept Rudy's the same name because Rudy had certain recipe. So I kept the majority of them. If I did remove some of them, it was because it just didn't suck. And the basic thing is I still make things. I buy the, t- the best of the best. I mean, I do raise my price which is known, if you're going to give quality, you have to pay for it. And that's why I look at it. And within the years, being here 40 years, I had to change. Certain things, you know, like allergies started coming in, vegan. I mean, back then, we weren't allergic to, to gluten the way that everybody's allergic today. Flour right now is our enemy. Back then, it was our best friend. You made a mistake with a, with a recipe. You just added more flour than you fixed the recipe. Today, like, oh my God, what do we do here? So I've changed with time. I've changed. Rudy's never had a cafe. I, we never had a cafe. 12 years ago, I decided, because that was my dream, I always wanted to own a bakery slash cafe because I wanted the people to sit down in my cafe and to taste, like Samantha just tasted a, a banana pudding and she was able to tell me why Tony is delicious. If she would have taken it home, I would have never known because back then, you didn't have all this hashtag and all those stuff to get people to talk about it. I had 
to wait for them to get back to the bakery and to tell me about it. A lot of the time they forgot to tell me. So 12 years ago, I decided, okay, I need to change with time. So every year, whenever things move, I change. I also listen to my customer. They were asking for it. And I would be like, okay, give me, give me some time and I'll do it. Let me change it up. And then like later on, I had to bring in a different, I had to bring in a chef because the bakers, we don't know how to do gluten-free, vegan, all these other things. I had to bring in a chef in here, which happened to be one of my girls. I started working at Rudy's when she was like a teenager. And she went to culinary school and she went to work all over the city. And then she ended up being coming back to Maine. And she put in all this new items into the bakery, like, you know, the decorating, the gluten-free, the vegan, all items that I, I didn't know how to make it. So I put the old with the new. So I have the twist that you do come in here and you do get a pound cake or a crumb cake from an 80-year-old recipe, but then you'll get a vegan brownie, a vegan gluten-free brownie at the same time. So I feel like I cater to every cultural, every age group. I literally could walk in there and could get anything. There's two things I want to add to that. One is she just opened, reopened the cafe since COVID. And just so you know, I'm going to be working here a lot. Yeah, that was the sad part. I had to close. Yeah. You know, it was the toughest thing through. I went through every decade I had to change to my bakery. But the last decade, my, you know, my 40th anniversary, I had, they shut me down. They shut us down. You know, we got shut down March 8th. And then March 17th is my anniversary. So I remember doing a video saying, hey, guys, happy anniversary to me with my girls. And so I shut down the cafe to keep my employees safe. But we never shut down the bakery. The bakery was open all along. So, so I reopened, and this is amazing now to hear people talking, hearing family coming in, and they, you know, like, we can actually sit in a cafe, we can sit in, and I'm like, yes, you can sit in now. And the other That's thing I so want to add cool. is that Tony is such a straight shooter. So I ordered my, my son's first birthday cake from her. We're doing a cookie monster cake, and she asked me what did I want inside, and I was like, oh, can we do chocolate cake with cookie dough? She goes, no, Sam, that's too much, too much, too rich. So she she's honest and great and, and will steer you in the right direction when it comes to... I don't do it because I could say, yes, yes, Sam, charge on double. But I'm like, you're feeding 40 people. Yes. You like it. But that's the day when you get your own dessert, when you sit at the bakery and you eat your cookie dough. 40 people are not going to like your cookie dough. Like, I know that. I'm like, you're going to regret it. You're going to spend so much money and people are going to be like, what does she do? Meanwhile, it's an amazing cake, but she should have it when she comes in here with her husband <laughs> or with her friend. But now with 40 people, she shouldn't be doing that with 40 people. So yeah. I well, and that's that. what makes you an expert, Tony. I exactly. love it. And, I, I love and as that. a customer, I appreciate that because I go and spend this money and bring back a cake that nobody's going to like. Some other bakery or bakery owner or something could be just, just yes me to death. She doesn't yes anybody to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People will look at me and say, you know, you could have just made double the amount of money. Like, why did you just do it? And I'm like, I want them to come back and look up. I mean, I had a gentleman yesterday. He's like, I'm ordering a cake for my girlfriend. She likes chocolate. She doesn't like too much chocolate. How do we, how do we do it? Like, you know, you like chocolate. You like chocolate. You like vanilla. It's vanilla. And he's like, no, she likes chocolate, but we can't do too much chocolate. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to handle this one? So I was like, listen, we're going to do two cakes, and two layers of chocolate, one layer of vanilla. That's going to break it up. And then we're going to put some vanilla cream, chocolate cream inside. But we're doing vanilla outside. And he was like, uh-huh. that will work. And I'm like, okay. Now, 
his price went lower because it was vanilla. We had the whole chocolate. Did I have to do that? No. But I love doing that. You know, I'm married to this baker. That's the rule. I'm married to this baker. Oh, makes me so happy to hear those types of stories. And it really shows even consumers and the community, how much business owners do care about taking care of that. Yeah, or know them by name. Yes. she come, When I come in, Tony will be like, hey, so-and-so, I got your coffee ready in two seconds. Yes. What? I'll, I'll turn the oven on before I'll know when she walks in. Like, I'll, I'll be taking care. There's three other people ahead of her. No, no, she's going to get a, a to- toasted a butter bagel. And I'll turn the oven on and I'll start the cappuccino machine while no one. And like, I pretty much, yeah. I always tell the girls. You'll hear my voice from the back. You'll hear me and she'll be like, hi, Samantha. I'll be right out. I'll be like, be right out. And I always tell the girls, I said, there are three things that makes the bakery. There's three things. And I only have three rules. One, you welcome every customer walks in, whether they get a cup of coffee or they're going to buy $1,000 worth of merchandise. You save a lot. Two, you never, my customers are always will be fine. If there's anybody that will tell the customer they're wrong, it's going to be me. When I'll tell them, I mean, they were 100% wrong. Because even 90, I don't tell them. But when they get to 100, I have to let them know, I'm sorry, you were wrong. And I won't be settling because I know if I come to you and I say you were wrong, you were wrong because I take a lot. And uh, the other thing is just be on time. These are my my rules. And I don't lie to anybody. I don't lie to my customers. I charge them what I need to charge. Samantha, I want you to talk for a minute about the products and offerings, because I think from the consumer perspective, there's probably two things going on. I'm hoping you can tell me about how cool it is when things change, but also maybe what it's like when you show up and something you love isn't in the case that day. And just give me that whole dynamic of being a regular and what that means for how the menu impacts you. So first of all, I do have my favorite items here at Rudy's. Um, One of them is the Nutella tart that does pretty much make it on the case on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's a staple. But the banana pudding that I'm eating now is not always in the case. And I do get a little bit disappointed, but it also gives me an opportunity to try other things. Like I think the last time when it wasn't in the case, I tried the oatmeal cookie, marshmallow cookie sandwiches. Like I said, it gives me an opportunity to try new things and new things that I could potentially love. I'm even apt to try some of the vegan desserts and gluten-free. I don't have any sensitivities, but they look delicious. I have, which I don't know will if it will stay, probably not because we do do seasonal, is your homemade hot dark chocolate. Yes, but then it turns into cold hot chocolate. Yes. So it is do so have it, and then it turns into cold. And then we change it to the cold. So in the winter, will be a, a hot chocolate, and it's like more of a, like a dense because we have to heat it up, and then it dilutes. And then in the winter time, we make it more diluted, and it goes over ice. But it's, so, it's not as rich as you would think. It's a nice, delicious, not too sweet, yes. dark, hot chocolate. Yes. And that one, I it's our pastry chef, Christina's recipe. That one, that one is not mine. That's, the, that's Christina's. That's a good one. Now we're still doing a banana. But now, once the, the berry season comes in season, then I'm going to start making things like passion fruit, lemon, cup. Because in the wintertime, we don't have all those kind of fruits. So I have to turn into the banana because bananas all year round. But I'm not going to make a banana pudding in the middle of May, June, July, while I have blueberry, while I have rhubarb, while I have passion fruits, uh, lemon, uh, blackberry, blueberry. So 
I start making the cups and that's seasonal. And then we go into like the peaches and then we start making peaches. And then we go into the plum and then we go back to the fall and that comes fall oh, comes all the pumpkin spice. So I don't want to do, because you could go to the bakeries and in the middle of July and you'll find the pumpkin pie cooking across the line. I'm like, what? Like why? So that's to me, it to me is commercial. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, like I said, I probably could sell pumpkin pie in the summertime and make extra money, but I'm not going to do that. You're going to come to Rudy's in the summertime and you're going to get your fruit items. And I do have to say everything I have bought here, you could taste the quality. You could taste it. It's made with love. It really is. What about when I made you the cake while you were waiting? Well, you wouldn't let me leave without that. Okay, so I come in. I go, Tony, I need a baptism cake. I was going to get out, on the way out. And I was just going to grab one of the pre-made ones. And she goes, no, he needs a proper baptism cake. And you're waiting here <laughs> until I make it. So I went in the kitchen and I was like, I have a customer. She forgot her son's baptism. We need it. And we need to do something. So I took a look at my baker. I looked at my priestly chef. I said, you have to decorate this cake. It's the child baptism. He's going to be looking at this 20 years from now. I said, where did you get this cake? And she wouldn't let me leave until I got a proper baptism cake. And let me tell you, it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. And again, I don't know. I feel like you're another mom to me now. Oh, I love that. Okay, I want to go back to this raising prices topic quickly, how you decide when you need to change prices or increase prices, and then how you maybe communicate that to the customer or, you know, adapt customers basically when you I, do change things. I try not to raise the price as much because, again, I do a lot of the working, so I take the slack on that. When I do raise the price, which it kills me to do it, it's when my supplies just attack me and I get letters. I mean, the past month, every day, it's like I'm getting a letter from every supply, from the fruit supply, from the flour, the shirt, from the paper companies, like out of crazy right now, paper, vegetables, fruit, uh, on and on, chocolate. What I do is I try to talk it over with my pastry shop. I try to talk it over. I look at the, I dissect really my bills and I'm like, what do I do now? No, what do I do? Because I hate doing that. And then I talk to my pastry chef and we'll sit there and we'll think about, okay, what do we do? You know, when everything else, I'm insurance, rent, working out, everything goes up. And I try to raise the price where I think I could raise it. That doesn't hurt a lot of my customers. It doesn't hurt them. And then what I do, basically, I go in the front and I try to, I don't like to leave notes going across the bakery because I feel like it's not personal. It becomes just like this commercial to get to sign up and say, hi, do it an increase, blah, 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 do it in COVID. I try to talk to my customers to listen, it's not me doing it. You guys know what's going on around? Like, you know, you go buy paper towels, you go buy napkins, you go buy this. And basically, that's what I do. I try to talk to my customer about it. You know, they order my cake, and I'm like, guys, you know, vanilla, vanilla costs, costs less than chocolate. Chocolate costs more than the cream cheese. This costs more than this. And I try to help them out. Make them understand. But my customers pretty much know that if I, I do go up, it's because it's hitting my heart. Because I'm not one of those persons that I sit home by the computer. It's okay, girl. Let's put the cheesecake now. $10 extra, $5 extra. And I'm sitting home. They know that I'm the label. So they're like, she's working. It's not that she's not working. So the responder I do get, I, they support me. They support me. I mean, I do get here and there people saying, you're just like everybody else, raising, raising price. But you have to take that. 
you know, I have to take that 10% of people going to complain to me. And they're going to call me up. But the same way every day I have to hear a complaint that somebody didn't like one of my cakes. And it's just I can't please everybody. Totally. Samantha, talk to me as a consumer about maybe what other consumers should know or think about when it comes to price changes at local places, or maybe what you've noticed at Rudy's as a customer and how that kind of impacts your relationship. So I think I have a different perspective because I do talk to a lot of business owners. I know how hard it is now. Supplies are sparse. They're delayed in shipping. Supplies for business owners, the cost is going up. They're hurting right now because their business hasn't picked up. And this is all businesses across industries and and whatnot. I sympathize. I empathize. I want to help business owners. And is it by purchasing directly from them, from mom and pops? Yeah, I think so. One of the things I try to do is I try to buy, if a business has merchandise, I try to buy the merchandise. One, it stays with you for a little bit longer. It's also part of marketing. I love Tony's motto. Do you want to tell her what the motto is? Stress spelled backward is deserved. So I bought one of her sweatshirts that says that. And like Tony said, it's the cost of also doing business. So I have to be sympathetic about that. So when I do come in and say like a cookie is a dollar more a pound or something like that, I I don't think twice about it. I know, you know, things are going to change. Things are going to evolve. I understand, especially like bakery, like Rudy's an old time bakery. I understand where that price increase comes from. Yes. Um, and like she said, you're not going to please everybody. That's that's unfortunately part of life. And, you know, those 10% of people are going to stomp away, but hopefully you don't need them as a customer. <laughs> the toughest time was trying to survive through COVID. Try to survive. And that's why I stayed open to the community and let them know, because I'm not turning my back. I'm here for you guys. You guys need me. I'm here. At the same time, right now, people I think are supporting me because they feel like I was here for them. I didn't shut my door and walk and walked away. I've gotten people giving me cards. I mean, uh, for me, BMS from the hospital just giving me cards. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you for being here, you know, coming in and having a, even though COVID was hitting us, we still needed a, a cheer up, you know, and still need a celebration. And if everything was closed, where would you get something like that? You know, and I think that's why people appreciate me. And that's why I do what I do, because I wanted to put a smile on people's face. And you know, we're all going through rough times. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm here. And even if it's going to be a cupcake with a little candle on it, but with a little saying happy birthday on it, I'm going to be here for that. And to me, to, yeah. to give you that, to you to bring that. But it's, it's hard. And I think people look around and you go anyplace shopping, you're going to see how we all hurt we all are, but I'm a business owner. We're hurting the most because we have to buy, we have to prepare it, we have to pay everything else, and then hope we're going to sell it. That's another thing. That's what a lot of people feel afraid. Like a lot of people have changed. You know, I go through this with my pastry chef. She's like, Tony, through this now, I think you should cut your menu down. You should cut your menu down because the cost, the cost of living is so hard. Why do you have to have all these things on here? And I'm like, yes, but what happens when an 80-year-old walks in and she's looking for the 80-year-old recipe? I can't just do the 30-year-old recipe. And then I feel bad. And I'm like, yes, like my heart says, my head says, yes, we need to cut it back. So let's bring the menu down to like maybe 30% of the items that movie sells. But then 30% doesn't make a movie, doesn't complete. Let's take a quick break. Busy restaurants have tons of greasy pots and pans and greasy surfaces. 
with less labor to spend time doing dishes and cleaning. Well, for you, maybe Dawn Professional Manual Pot and Pan Dish Detergent and Dawn Professional Multi-Surface Heavy Duty Degreaser can help save you some time. They're specifically formulated to cut through tough commercial kitchen grease. Dawn Professional Manual Pot and Pan cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink, reducing sink changeover versus the leading competitor's professional dish soap. Dawn Professional Multi-Service Heavy Duty Degreaser cuts grease two times faster versus the leading professional food service supplier's national degreaser. So what are you going to do? You should upgrade to Dawn Professional Manual Pot and Pan Dish Detergent and Dawn Professional Multi-Surface Heavy Duty Degreaser from P&G Professional. Spend less time cleaning and more time doing what you love. Go to pgpro.com to learn more and sign up for great deals. Again, that's pgpro.com. Making it back then, it was really word of mouth and your product. Basically, that's what we would into a shop. It was your product, how you how you presented your bakery, and how you were persistent about anything. All these reviews started coming in. At first, the reviews became like, wow, okay. So now people are sharing what they, they experience are. But then sometimes I look at a review and I'm like, okay, that person really doesn't like me and just wants to say, I'm too loud, I'm too this. Because if I have to, if I have to look at a pastry because the girl behind the counter didn't treat them right in whatever sense, we're human. We all have bad days and good days. We all have some um, sadness in us. So there's times I've been behind the counter to eat their customers that my inside once is dying because whatever reason, whether I have bad news or something personal was happening, and I can't be that cheerful all the time or sometimes I'm tired. So when I look at that, I think I'm like, wow, somebody took that time to do that just because the girl behind the counter didn't smile or the girl behind the counter wasn't on Tinder, whatever the reason, because you don't know that reason. That reason. So when I think of that, I look at that, I'm like, you know what? I don't believe in that. I don't believe. Then there's been times when I've looked at reviews, my reviews, and compare it with somebody else's reviews. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to that place. I'm going to go check it out. Just to see why that person has a line at the door and my line is not at the door. Just to see it. And then I look, go in and I see one girl behind the counter that's making that line. And I look at Rudy's and I see all the girls behind the counter that are not taking care of three or four customers at a time. And I'm like, what should I do here? Should I put like a, a break on them and say, girls, let's get the line? So I have mixed feelings with the reviews. Has there ever been a time where a review or maybe a few reviews have given you some insight or maybe shown you something from a customer's perspective that you didn't see or didn't think of? Yes, absolutely. There's stuff sometimes that people have said things and uh, I don't respond to the reviews really. I don't do it. But there's times that, that, that I've looked at it and I'm like, okay, you know, I will get my face chef and I'll say, okay, Chris, they're talking about this. Let's look at it. Let's pay attention to it. And then there's things like people have wrote such a negative thing about it. And I'm like, really? Where did, where did you compare me with? Where did you compare this with? You know, like if you're going to talk about it, uh, my table is not round, it's square. Like, really? Okay. I I believe in square tables. Like things like that. Like I look at it and I'm like, okay, whatever. So Can't yeah, make everyone I, happy, I've, right? I've looked at reviews and I've used it and I've 
try to look at it and go positive about it. Positive or corrective myself sometimes. I mean, just like in general, like about a cake, you know, the way it was presented, the way it was put in a, in a box, where maybe it didn't taste right. And I'm like, okay, let's look at it. Let's taste it. Let's taste it. Maybe it was the way they said it. And I try to correct that. Yeah. I think that's a great example of kind of even what you do internally with your pastry chef. You guys chat about it and you look at it as a signal or information, right? And you're going to go seek more information internally. I think reviews are important to support local businesses. Like Tony said, years ago, it was just word of mouth. Social media is just heightened word of mouth in my eyes. So when you are sharing positive reviews about places that you love, it's the best way to support your local business. It's important to me to review in an organic setting. I try to include as much detail as possible, the service, if the servers were friendly, the taste of the product, the quantity, the quality. I I try to be as descriptive as possible to give those reading my review a good picture of what my experience was. If I didn't have a good experience, I try to leave it as constructive criticism, not so much negative, or I'm not outright negative. Everybody's struggling. Like Tony said, sometimes you're having a bad day and you can't be the person you want to be. I've had those days. I'm sure some of her customers have had those days too. And you can't really, you can't base things off of that. So if I didn't have a good experience, I just try to be more constructive with my critique than just outright bash server or business or anything like that. All fabulous points. I think Tony should briefly talk about being a woman in a Thank you so And I just want to preface by saying this is one of the things I admire about Tony because as a woman who has been in conference rooms with a lot of men um, and has been just a voice amongst men, she's a real inspiration because she's been a leader in her industry. And she's, like we said, she's a staple. And she came up at a time when it was tough for a woman to be a baker. So if you could talk more about that. I just came out of a high school and I went to, and I'm not a pastry chef, I'm a, I'm a baker. And I, I went to trade school. And back then, trade school, it was just men who went to trade school. You know, we went to become a nutrition, we went to become a plumber, we went to become, I mean, any other thing other than being a baker is basically, so my uncle, he knew, he saw me that the economy back then in the 70s was worse than now. He's like, you're going to go to school, but you still need a trade. So I am going to give you this and you're going to find yourself at a trade school. So I went to trade school at nighttime. So during the day, I would be working in a bakery with my uncle. Then nighttime, he put me to go to work. When I got out of there, I said, no, I'm not doing this. I am not doing this. I'm going to do this now until I get a real job. I'm going to work in the bakery with not a real job. And, um, and then I'm going to leave you. And he's like, come on. Through the time I was going to trade school at night, he decided to buy Rudy's. Rudy was larger than the bakery that we owned. Before he came here, I came to work and he said to me, Give me five years and then you do whatever you want. And I said, Fine, I'll give you five years. And then I leave. Well, 41 years later, I'm still talking to you and I'm still in the same place. So when I started the year and the customer would come in and ask for the, the man, but back then I was a man, I was a man, and they would ask for Tony. And my uncle and I would come out and I would say, Hi, can I help you? And they would be like, Yeah, we're waiting for Tony. And I'm 
like, yeah, I'm taller. And they're like, no, we waited for a guy. And I go, sorry, I'm a woman and I'm taller. <laughs> so that was a little bit hard for me. And this business has been hard for me. Not as much now, but like now I have a lot of women business owners, which I bow to them, I applaud them, you know. But remember, when I started, it, there was no nothing. Like we didn't have this support group. Today, we had these supports that we support each other. And it was very hard. It was hard. I mean, I guess I got stronger within the years. It was there with people name. I'm sorry, it's me. So I very saw past that. You know what? I just gave it my all. I was true to myself. And I said, when they could do it, I could do it. I guess that's what strived me to do it, to, to do that. And I said this, I think 2018, 19, they awarded me for a businesswoman black. Uh, and one of my topic was, this is one of the best achievement black that I got. And I got so many of them, but that was one and most important one because I felt after 40 years, I got the accomplished that I needed to get, I guess, being a woman. And that concludes our episode. Be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes every Thursday. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to take a thing or two away to implement in your own life, whether it's a new idea that you can bring back to your business or a fresh perspective on how to be a positive influence as a consumer. We share these stories to inspire and create more meaningful connections in your local community. For more information about today's business or to connect with me, check out the show notes. This episode featured a conversation with Tony, owner of Rudy's Bakery, and Samantha, the Queen's Community Manager. To learn more about the episode, check out the blog post. And don't forget to subscribe so you get an alert each Thursday when a new episode comes out. To claim your own Yelp business page and start engaging with consumers, visit business.yelp.com. Our theme song is performed by Ali Schwartz and produced by Robbie G of Messerol Sound. The show was produced and edited by Entrepreneur Media.